Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Amen. You may be seated. While the ensemble is coming down, let me just remind you very quickly of a couple of things before I introduce our special guests with us this morning. Uh, we had a great time. Our men and ladies had breakfast yesterday. You know we like to eat. And we had a great time of fellowship yesterday. And we also had a great time with our luncheon. Uh, some folks have asked me to remind you, if you missed the barbecue yesterday, we will have to-go boxes available uh, after small groups and after worship. So just really quickly, if you're interested in that, could you lift your hand? Maybe your wife made no plans for lunch today. Guess what? We got you covered. So if you're interested, about eight or nine of you, then if you'll see them in the back window, they'll make sure to get you taken care of, uh, either after small groups uh, or if you've got to slip out after worship, you can, you can grab one of those. Uh, also, if you're interested in being a part of baptism, we will have baptism next Sunday morning. So see me and we will get you... Get you signed up for that, all right? Uh, if you're interested in a little bit more about our speaker, I want to give him a lot of time this morning. And so you can read for yourself. I won't insult your intelligence. His bio is on the handout that you received this morning. But uh, I'll give you a short, maybe something that's not on there. I had the privilege to travel uh, with Foster Christie for a long time, <laughs> probably 10 plus years. Uh, we got to do youth events, conferences across the country, and and camps. I got to lead the music, and he got to preach, and we saw God do some neat things in those years together. And uh, what I would tell you about him is what you see is what you get. Uh, he is the real deal. And uh, even though he played football for Auburn, you can still welcome him. That's Auburn uh, Tigers. Okay, some of you were wondering if it's Auburn, New York. Auburn Tigers. Uh, so you can uh, uh, still pray for him this morning. I'm so excited he's going to be here to share with us. And so as he comes, let's just tune our hearts to the Lord this morning. Let's pray before we hear our message this morning. Father, I thank you for today. I pray that as we hear your word this morning, uh, Lord, you would speak to our hearts. Uh, even this, this preacher, pastor guy, Lord, you would speak to me. Uh, maybe there's something fresh and new, probably for all of us to hear today. So I pray that as we hear your word, you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give Foster Christie a big crossroads Amen. welcome this morning? Thank you, Amen. sir. Amen. Amen. Have any war eagles out here? Okay. That's my daughter. <laughs> we got one. We, we got one close. We got an Auburn, New York, right? Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, it's a privilege to be here with you this morning, and uh, it's, it's just neat to see how you guys and, you know, Jack reading uh, what you guys are doing as far as just trusting the Lord with, with your money and giving and, and really stepping out in faith. It's just awesome to see what's going on all around you here, and I want to encourage you, continue to be generous. You know, continue to be generous. God and, and Lolly, God, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> um. You know, last month was our 30th anniversary when God led us to step out and do what we're doing. 
And here we are 30 years later, and folks, we've just seen God be God. And I want to encourage you. Uh, Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Keep stepping out in faith, because the more you taste, the more you're going to trust. Does that make sense? The more you taste him, the more you're going to know that you can trust him. Yeah, amen. And so keep stepping out on faith. And and my wife and I love Jack and his family. And um, we've done, like you said, we've done a lot of stuff together. We've seen God do just incredible God stuff and be God. And you got a guy who... See, you got me all emotional, man. <laughs> I, I would trust Jack with my girls. And she's got a great husband sitting right next to her, but... Whew, I would. He's a trustworthy man. He's a trustworthy man. And these days and times, that's, 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 a, that's a big deal. You know... When we just sang about it, that song, that's, the song got me emotional. You guys singing about what we just sang about, and it talked, you see, you see the word Ebenezer. Do you guys remember in the Old Testament what that was? Anybody? What, an Eb- what was it? Huh? Well, it was, they would, um, in the Old Testament, when God would be God and do God's stuff, a lot of times the, the Jews, they would pile rocks up. And it was, it was an Ebenezer. In other words, they were stones of remembrance. So when they saw those piled up, they would say, oh yeah, that's an Ebenezer. Do you remember? And so that's, that's what they called those stones of remembrance, Ebenezers. And one of those Ebenezers for me came... Years ago, December 13th, 1988, when I was sitting across the desk from my doctor, and he said, he said, Foster, you've got a malignant tumor. And he said, we've got to get that out of there. And I said, when? He goes, oh, how about tomorrow? And it was like cold water right in my face. And so God took me on a, on a journey in my life at that point because, folks, I, and this was when I was at seminary getting my Master's of Divinity. And God took me on a journey in that time. And it was, it was, a, it was a physical cancer. And my heart, I'd, folks, I'd become a Pharisee in my heart. My heart had become hard. I was doing all this religious God and Jesus stuff externally, but my heart had become hard. And... As I told you, for the last 30 years, I've been traveling, as, as Jack has over the years, overseas and throughout North America. And here's something that I've noticed with the Christian community. And I'm not trying to be dramatic by saying it this way. I've noticed in the Christian community a, a, a type of, of cancer, spiritually speaking, in the Christian community. And you know what that cancer, that what I've seen that cancer is? It's, it's a performance-based acceptance. In other words, it's a performance thinking, okay, God, I'm going to do all these things. Now, now you're pleased with me because I'm doing all these things and I'm checking off this checklist. 
And we actually, here, here's some of the, uh, the spiritual meds. Some of us may have this disease, folks, this performance-based acceptance. And what it is, really, it's spiritual, it's spiritual workaholic, if you want to say it that way. It's a spiritual workaholic. And we're going to talk more about that as we get into it. Here's some of the symptoms. Because, folks, as we walk through this, some of us who are believers in Christ, it doesn't mean you don't love God. Don't hear me say that. But some of us, as we walk through here, yes, I'm a believer in Christ, but yes, Foster, I've got, I've got the disease. Here's some of the, the symptoms of this spiritual disease. And before I get to the symptoms, some of the, the, the spiritual meds that we do to cover up the disease, here's some of the spiritual medications that we take and use so the disease is kind of covered up. It's masked. We read our Bibles. We come to church. We pray. We do all the religious things. Doesn't mean those things are bad, okay? Doesn't mean they're bad. But as I get into this, I think it's going to take a different perspective. You're going to see that it's more than just doing the externalities of what we call Christianity. Here's some of the symptoms. Those were some of the spiritual meds that we take. What, okay, if I have this disease, what are some of the symptoms? What, what might it possibly, how might it manifest itself in my life? Here's, here's one. Work, work without worship. I may come down here to the church all the time and be, be here every time the doors are open and working a lot, but I'm missing Jesus. And see, you, you may be married to your habit of your quiet time and not Jesus. I can remember when I was at seminary, you guys, I'd be sitting there reading my Bible, and I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating here. I'd be reading my Bible. My wife, who all of you would love, and if you met her, you would think you've known her all your life. She would come to walk in. I'd say, can't you see him having a quiet time? And she would back out of there, and I'd, then I'd go, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Done my duty to God and my country. I'll see you this time tomorrow. And that was my attitude. That was my attitude. I was, I was doing work, but there was no worship. That's a symptom. Here's the second symptom. Serving without seeking. I can serve a lot, but not seek Jesus in the midst of my service. And then lastly, legalism as opposed to lordship. Legalism as opposed to lordship. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, okay? So I, when I ask you a question, I'm looking for an answer. If that makes you uncomfortable, that's okay. I'm just going to be here this Sunday, and you'll get over it, all right? Okay? <laughs> legalism as opposed to lordship. Now, when I say legalism, what do I mean by that? I, I don't want to talk down to you, but I want to be sure we're on the same page, okay? Following the rules. In other words, yeah, exactly. In other words, our obedience, our obedience equals God's obligation. 
In other words, God, did you see that? I'm following the rules. You know who one of the biggest rule breakers in the scripture was? Who? Who? What, well, you're healing people on the Sabbath. Your guys are breaking off wheat and you're eating and you're working on the Sabbath. You're healing people on the Sabbath. Here's the, here's the good thing. Unlike that physical cancer, this performance-based acceptance, this spiritual workaholism has a cure. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Because I'm t- folks, listen to me, listen to me. Some of us have the disease. got it okay we're good we're good it's got to happen every right it's okay it's okay and some of us have the disease folks and that's nothing to be ashamed of God's had me on this journey for 25 30 years with the truth so what's the cure because God always provides the cure what's the cure if I've got this disease what's the cure it's a five-letter word we hear all the time but I don't think we really understand it. G-R-A-C-E. There's the cure. There's the spiritual cure. There is no performance. How, How do we define that? How do we define that? How do we define grace? Talk to me. God given me what I don't deserve, which is what? Christ, what else? Salvation, what else? Forgiveness, what else? Mercy, what else? Hope, what else? What else? Sight, hearing, feeling, thinking, smelling, tasting, everything. Just, 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 let's, just, let's just pile it on like that big old mound of dirt over here. Let's just pile all the things up that are, we don't deserve, which is basically everything. Huh? Everything. Everything. Get it in. Everything. Right? Everything. None of it we deserve. And yet God says, it's free. Can I ask you guys something? Would you guys be offended if I brought the platform down here? Would that be okay? Because I'm, I'm the new guy. I don't, don't want to offend you. I mean, would that be okay? Would you mind? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, Jack. I'm not really, but I'm just saying that. I feel like I'm removed from you way up there. I just, I just like to be down here with you, that's all. So I can... I'm going to spit on you a lot. <laughs> so God giving us what we deserve. I remember my, my buddy Steve Adams in the swimming pool with his little son. His son was round his neck in the shallow end. He starts to walk out into the deep end where it's over his head. He, his, his little boy grabs him like this. 
What he didn't know, if he'd have dropped him right there, he was over his head. And folks, apart from the grace of God, we're always in the deep end. We're always over our head, okay? So let's look at some scripture. Let's talk about this cure, this grace, okay? Let's look at some scripture. If you've got your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me, first of all, 1 Corinthians 15.10. 1 Corinthians 15.10. And folks, you remember those, those days that uh, out by the lake, you get, that, get those flat rocks and just kind of throw the rocks out there and it's just... That's what we're going to do with this truth this morning. We're just going to skip it across the water, all right? But we're going to let the Scripture speak to us. If I don't knock the platform over. 1 Corinthians, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Here's what he says. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. He says, now I want you to notice here, the pardon and the power of God's grace. The pardon and his power. Here's the pardon. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Here's the power. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Here's the pardon. By the grace of God, I am what I am. For by grace are you saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. What does the that refer to? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that, and that, not of yourselves. What does the that refer to? What else? And that, not of yourselves. Go backwards. What is the that referring to? The that is referring to the grace and the faith. God gives you the grace and faith to even respond to him. That's why it says that it's not of works lest no man should boast. See, folks, it's not about you saying a certain prayer or what. Or what yeah, this is a Baptist church. What has traditionally been called the what prayer? Yes, the sinner's prayer. We had a group in in. in Toronto, Canada, that were leading people to Christ. And I said, I hadn't seen anybody come to Christ in six years here in Canada. I said, what's going on? He said, they've been praying the prayer. He, they were giving people assurance of their salvation because they were praying a certain prayer. And folks, here's the deal. Unless the Spirit of God is drawing your heart, the Scripture in Romans says, because we're born in sin, unless the Spirit of God is drawing you, unless He lassoes your heart and begins to pull it towards Him, you cannot respond because we're born in sin. You would not, the Scripture says, you wouldn't even go after God because we're sinners. And the only way we begin to move towards Him is that He pulls us to Him. That's why, it's all, that's why it's all by his grace. And nothing that we do, nothing, absolutely nothing. Like Peter said, have you been born again? I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you pray to prayer. Do you sit here right now, and as I'm saying these words, maybe for a couple of you sitting in here, for some of you, the Spirit of God is tapping you on the shoulder right now, and is calling your name, and is 
lassoed your heart, and it may be saying to you, this is why you're here this morning. Not just to hear the truth, but for you to be born again and say, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. I believe your blood can wash me and cleanse me of all my sin. And maybe, maybe some of you have been going to church here for forever. And doing all the stuff, and you've got such a great heart, you've been here all the time, but you've never been born again. Because it's by his grace. It's not you saying the right things. None of that. It's by the Spirit of God convicting your heart of your sin. What else does Paul say? That's the pardon. Here's the power. He says, no, I worked harder than all of them. He's referring to the other apostles. I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that's in me. See, guys, grace is not a lack of labor and effort, but grace is a lack of earning and deserving. You see that? Paul's saying, I'm working, I'm working, I'm empowered by the Spirit and God's grace, and that's my strength. What do you say in Colossians 1.29? He said, Paul said, to this end I labor, struggling with all his energy, which, is so, which so powerfully works in me. It's his energy. Here's what a lot of us do. Here's how we live the Christian life. Pretend I'm sitting in a rowboat. And a lot of us, we sit in the rowboat. And this is how we live the Christian life. And for some of us, it's... And we're just... And we're just going round and round in a circle. I'm telling you, a lot of us, this is how we live the life. That's why people, Jack just gave me a stat just yesterday. It used to be the average people in church was like 100, and I think you said 137. Today, it's in the 60s. Church members, people are flocking away. I think this is one of the reasons. People are saying, if this is all it is, if all it is is just me <laughs> trying harder, trying to be a better Christian, trying to do better, I'm, I'm out of here. Because I can't do it. I can't be good enough. I can't do enough. Every religion, every cult, that's how they're supposedly getting to heaven. They're working. And the whole time Paul says, I worked harder than all of them. So what is Paul saying here, folks? This is what he's saying. He says, yes, I want you in the boat. I want you rowing. But... I want you to throw the sail up, let the Holy Spirit blow his fresh wind, and the grace of God throw his fresh power into the sail. And yes, you row, but let the Spirit of God and the grace of God empower you to live the Christian life. And folks, I'm telling you, just my experience, okay, my experience, most People who are genuinely Christians do not know what that means or what that looks like. Because they're so used to doing things in their own strength and power. And they're just in the rowboat rowing their behinds off. And they're getting worn out. And here's a, here's a bad tired. Here's a really bad tired. And some of you may be right here. There's a tiredness in their soul. 
not only a physical tired, but a tiredness in their soul. And that's a deep, deep to the marrow of your bones, tired. See, it's, 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 a, it's a labor, it's a labor out of the grace of God. It's a labor out of rest, not a labor to get it. Does that make sense? Not laboring and doing all this stuff thinking I'm going to achieve a certain physical re- or emotional or spiritual rest. No, I'm laboring out of that rest. That's what's empowering me, the grace of God. See, the grace of God is the deeper side of why. It gets up underneath things and says, why are you doing this? Why are you here this morning? Is it because it's Sunday? Well, it's Sunday. That's what, you know. That's, that's what we, we go to church on Sunday. It's what our family's done for 300 years. We go to church on Sunday. Why? Why? See, grace gets up underneath that. Why? What, what's the motive behind it? Why? You have to decide what's in your heart this morning. At some point, at some point, we move from two good words, two good words. At some point, we move from duty and discipline in our Christian life. Those are good words and good starting places in, as a Christian. But at some point, motivationally, in here, I move from duty and discipline by, by, by God's grace to what? Delight and desire. I move from a duty and discipline to a delight and a, and a desire in here. And it's a whole different, it's a paradigm shift in here. It's a, it's a, it's a change here and how I perceive what I'm doing because I'm doing it in love of him, not because I have to or I'm supposed to or this is what Christians do. It's a whole perspective shift and change because of the grace of God. When you start tasting it and understanding it. Folks, I've been on this journey for 30 years. I've been a performer most of my life. And God, in his graciousness, is helping me to receive what I'm telling you. Okay? I'm still on the journey 30 years later. So Paul gives us a beautiful picture here. Yeah, I'm working, but it's the grace of God in me. It's the power of God, the spirit of God. Blowing into the sail of my life. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Paul writes, the law, now, when you hear, folks, when you hear law, Romans will tell you the law is not not bad, all right? Romans tells us the law is spiritual, It it was, God established it. The law was added so that the trespass might increase. In other words, When the law came about, what it did was get two big screens and it focused on my sin. And that there was no possible way for me to do everything 
that I've been called to do. And so I feel helpless. Okay? The law was added so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, me seeing I can't do all this, what does it say? Grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through, G- through who? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, folks, the law pointed to and gave a picture of holiness without the way to get there. It po- the law pointed us to holiness. This is, this is what holiness is, but it gave us no way to get there. God has given us the way. Remember when he prepped the, the apostles, the disciples? He prepped them in John 13, 14, 15, 16. I'm getting ready to leave you. I'm getting ready to leave you. But what did he say? I'm going to send you who? That's it. That's it, BJ. The Holy Spirit, the third what of the Trinity? The third person, not a force, not an entity you have to call down from somewhere. But the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And so he says, in, in the law here, that it pointed us and gave us this picture of holiness, but I don't have a way to get there. Do you remember what they did in the Old Testament? One day a year, what did they do? The high priest sacrificed and slaughtered all his animals. They had two, two lambs. One lamb, the blood. The other lamb, he prayed for all the sins of the people. I don't know how he did that. But he prayed, and that's where we get the term scapegoat. Then he let the the goat go into the wilderness, and it represented how the Scripture says God remembers our sin no more, and he let the lamb go into the wilderness, and that was representative of their sin leaving. They did that on the Day of Atonement called Yom Kippur, and then guess what they did the next day? Huh? Exactly. They started all over again. Read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. It says all those blood, killing all those blood and goats, all it did was, was, was cleanse externally. It was never meant to cleanse on the inside. So he killed all, did all that slaughter on the animals. The next day they started all over again. That makes me tired just thinking about it. See, that's the old, folks, that's the old covenant. That's the old covenant. Some of us are living like old covenant Jews instead of new covenant believers. Some of us are living in the old covenant. What was the first miracle Jesus did? Turn the water to wine. Why did he do that? Other than to provide for the wedding party. You remember the the containers, what kind of containers were they? They were specifically designed for external washings. The Jews did a lot of external washing, hand washing, just washed. He said, fill them all the way to the top. They were specifically designed for external washings. He said, go get them, fill them all the way up. I think it was about 20 or 30 gallons each. Then what happened? He turns the water into wine. What was that symbolic of? His blood. In other words, the new covenant that Jesus brought, the new covenant meaning no longer are you going to have to do all, do all this external washings, but I'm going to wash you internally, internally with my blood. See, that's new covenant. And I'm going to 
send the Holy Spirit to reside in you. Not like the Old Testament where the Holy Spirit would come upon people and then leave. He will now reside in you. That's a new covenant. That's new covenant. You see how important that turning the water to wine was? That's all about new covenant. About all about the new stuff Jesus was bringing. Grace. His grace. His blood. His forgiveness. New covenant. And folks, some of us as we sit here, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to hammer you, but some of us as we sit here, we're living as old covenant Jews. We're doing this checklist thing. We're doing this spiritual uh, cancer. We're trying to do all these right things. And it's eroding our heart and our love for Christ. Peter used the word knowledge multiple times in First and Second Peter. And that word knowledge is not what we think intellectual assent. It's a deep, deep fellowship with his A-B-B-A, Abba. Jesus referred to his father as Abba. And folks, the Pharisees and religious leaders hated him for it. Because they said, you cannot have a close relationship with the Almighty God and call him Abba and have that kind of fellowship with the Almighty God. And Jesus said, yes, you can. Because it's by my grace that you can. I'm wondering this morning if some of us sitting here have never experienced that grace in that, to have that fellowship with Almighty God. Here's the last thing, last verse. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I love how Paul refers to Timothy. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, You guys there? Okay. It's on the right side of your Bible. I had, I had a guy that was selling a satellite dish, and we got to talking about God and Jesus stuff, and we're out in the front yard, and he's, he's just, he starts crying, and we start, getting, start talking about God and Jesus stuff. And I told him to read the book of John, and he looked at me with this real serious look. He goes, is that on the right side or the left side? I said, it's the right side, bro. Look at, look at how Paul refers to Timothy. He says, you then, my son. Over in chapter 1, verse 2, he says, to Timothy, my dear son. Hey, men. Men. And folks, we had a wonderful time with, with uh, some of your men uh, yesterday morning. Men, can I tell you something? Or ask you something? You have some Timothys? Do you have some Timothys? That you are pouring Jesus from your life to their life? Do you have some Timothys? He says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that's a command. That, and in other words, it's, it's an imperative. And, it, and, it, and it's in it's the, the, how it's written is, is so that you see that the strength is not from within yourself, like we've been talking all along. The strength is not going to come from within you. He says, it's in, it's in the grace. Be strong in the grace that's found where? In Christ Jesus. Just what Paul was saying. It's in the grace. It's in this grace that you will be strong, found in Christ. 
I'm going to date myself here. How many of you have children? Okay. Here's, here's one reason that it's important that we learn to be strong in grace. Because if we don't, what we're going to do when they get to an age where they can start understanding deeper things in the, in the walk in the Christian life, is we will create a bunch of little legalists who know how to do all the externalities of Christianity. Here's where I date myself. Y'all remember when the cars didn't have seatbelts? This little boy sitting in the back seat, and I used to do the same thing, just bouncing, you know? Just doing that. His dad, son, sit down. You know, he didn't listen. You know, boy, son, sit down. And finally, the dad drives and reaches back to that big old paw and just shaboom, sits his son down. Son gets a poochy lip disease. Silence for 10 minutes. Then the son says this Hey, dad, I'm still standing up on the inside. Folks, if we don't, as adults, become strong in grace, we'll create these legalists who do all the right things. I mean, even in our own lives, what I've been saying the whole time, we'll do all the right stuff externally, but our heart is so far from him. Just like what, he's, what did he say about the Pharisees? Your lips say one thing, but your heart is far from me. If we don't learn to become strong in grace and stay on this road that some of us need to be on, maybe for a while here. Now close here. Had a friend, haven't talked to him in forever. His name was Jeff Roberts. And Jeff was telling me about his wife. He had two little boys at the time, little twin boys. He said, we were talking, and he said, Foster, they've diagnosed uh, Sarah, his wife, with, with breast cancer. And he said she's going to have surgery. And, um, and he said, man. He's really scared. Had the surgery. Everything seemed to be going just great. And, you know, if any of you have ever been in this arena with cancer, I mean, it, it can just be this emotional roller coaster. And I talked to him later or, and found out that the cancer had come back, and it came back with a rage, and she died. And I can remember talking to Jeff sitting across the desk from him, Tears flowing down, and I mean, he's mad at God. He is mad at God. What am I going to do? How, I've got two boys. What am I going to... Long time after, he begins to develop a relationship with, with a woman. Never saw her for the longest time. Texted, wrote letters. Ladies, what a novel idea, right? A man communicating, writing. That's a novel idea, right? And he told me, he said, Foster, I think I love her. And, had, and at that point when he told me that, he'd only seen her a handful of times. But he said, I feel like I'm being disloyal to Sarah, my wife. And he told me what he did later. He said, I needed to go talk to Sarah.
He said, I knew right where her gravestone was, her headstone. He said, wouldn't you know, I go out, they lived in Colorado, I go to her gravestone on the coldest, snowiest day that year in Colorado. It's a whiteout. He goes to a headstone and it's not her. Walks over to another headstone. It's not her. Just for 20 minutes, he's searching. And finally, he said, forget it. He said he starts to walk away, and he says it was like God just tapped him on the shoulder and said, one more time. And he walks over. There's her headstone. And he just starts talking. He said, he said, Sarah, you're the wife of our two boys. I'll always love you. You know that. But I, I really believe I'm in love with this woman, and I want to marry her. And he said, is it okay? Is it okay? And he said, Foster, it was like God in Sarah's voice said this, Jeff, run to her. Run to her. Grace, when we are at our worst, when we, when you are at your worst, when I am at my worst, spiritually speaking, you know what God says? You know what he says? Run to me. Run to me. Grace that is greater than. And it's not just something we sing. It's the truth. It's the truth. Run to him. When you are at your worst, he's saying, run to me. Because I'm, I'm here. I'm the dad and the prodigal son. I'm running. Run to me because I'm running to you. So I can, BJ, I can breathe with that. Man, I can breathe. And some of us in here are suffocating because how we're trying to live the Christian life. You're suffocating because it's a graceless. <laughs> and some of us, we've never experienced his grace through salvation, being forgiven of your sin. You've never, that's, no, never. And you've been here at this church forever. Let's bow our heads. Y'all been awesome. Thank you. I want to ask you two things. Two things. Number one. Any of you here know that you know that you know? Now, Christian, I'm not talking to you here. Christian, I'm not talking to you about rededicating your life. I'm not talking to you here. Any of you here know that you know that you know as best that you can tell by the grace of God, the Spirit of God is tapping you on the shoulder right now and saying, come to me. And he's asking you, just like I did July 29th, 1976 in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to say three words. Jesus, save me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, take control of my life. Jesus, I want you to forgive me, to be born again. You took my punishment. You took all the wrath. 
Give me your salvation this morning. If you know that that's you, I'm going to ask you to do a courageous thing. In just a minute. I'm going to pray. The band will, will start to play. And I'm going to ask you to, Jack will be down here. I'm going to ask you to do a courageous thing. It's just to stand to your feet and walk and, and tell Jack to his face, Jack, I need to be born again. I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. Here's the second question. And, and then we'll, we'll sing. I'm just going to ask you to just stick your hand up and stick it down on this one. How many of you, you know you're a believer in Christ, but you are in the boat rowing, 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 living a graceless Christianity, and you've got the disease. You've got this performance-based acceptance mentality, and this is you, and you know it without a shadow of a doubt. Would you just stick your hand up and stick it down? Put your hand up and put it down. Thank you. All over the place, all over the room. Thank you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing. And I encourage you, if, if you need to be born again, come take Jack's hand and say, Jack, I need to be born again and be forgiven. Father, it's all by your grace. How we live the Christian life, how we serve as we seek, how we work, as we worship. It's all by your grace. All by your grace. Help us now to respond and be obedient as we need to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand reverently with me this morning? And you. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed if you would. If you need to slip out, I'll be here at the front. And Hannah and Matt are going to lead us in an invitation song. And you do what the Lord lays on your heart this morning. When peace like a stanza this is for you if you need to respond this morning i pray that you do what the lord lays on your heart this morning 
here to receive you, to pray with you this morning. Sing it with Hannah. screen, but I know a lot of us know this song, so let's sing it together. you guys. You can have a seat for just a minute. Uh, I'll be here after the service. I hope you were obedient to do what the Lord led you to do. And uh, if you're striving, what a great word, Foster. Rest in the grace of Jesus. Uh, The Lord has a lot for us to do as a church family, and we can't do it in our own strength. If we try, we're going to fail miserably. So I pray that you're trusting the Lord today. Hey, if you are uh, visiting or you've been visiting, I know we've had some of you been visiting for weeks. We are going to have a new members class right after worship. I'll be standing at the back. If you want to join me for that, I invite you to do that this morning. Uh, also, our friend Foster brought some books that kind of outline in more detail what he shared with us this morning. And if you want a copy of those, they'll be back there in the back where uh, Elaine is. So I encourage you this Wednesday, uh, our Wednesday Uh, Senior adult Bible study will be a meal, potluck meal. So that means bring your pot and we'll just hope for the best with luck, all right? Don't know what a ceramic pot or or a a pot with food. Thank you for the clarification back there. I see some of you going, we've gone the way of Colorado and California. Not yet, not yet. Uh, Hey, it is so good to have you here this morning. And uh, I'm going to ask some of our men... You know what I'm getting ready to do. We're going to start a tradition or a habit or a culture. If you were blessed, uh, men, by what you heard yesterday and by what Foster shared, uh, I would love for you to come 
pray for him. He's going to go from here and continue to speak around the country and pray for his wife, Laura. Could some of you guys come uh, surround him and lead us this morning, and then we'll head out to our, our small groups this morning. Thank you for that word, man. Can we give our friend Foster a big hand? We need to get him back to share with us. So if a couple of you feel led to pray for him this morning, uh, just uh, do that. Who would start us? Father, we come humble this morning in your presence. And we thank you for the word that was given today through Foster. We thank you that uh, your word keeps us in your grace, we thank you for the grace that none of us deserve. And I pray for Foster as he continues uh, to go around the country to, to preach your word, that you lead him, you direct him. Uh, he knows what is in his heart that you want him to say. And I pray you just continue to bless him. We just thank you for the blessing we received this morning. And I know that many of us raised our hand because we're in that boat. I pray that uh, we just receive your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us and for this church. And we thank you for this man here today. You're, you're a man. You filled him with grace and love. Use him as he goes around the country, but keep him and his family safe and healthy. Give them safe travel. And Lord, help all of us to remember, as he taught us this morning, we have grace. God loves us, and he died for all of our sins. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We bless your holy name today, Lord Jesus. Go with us as we go to our small groups and the rest of our day. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You're dismissed. Thank you for being here this morning. Give somebody a, a hug or a high five. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.